Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace i don't even know what what the lead story is today uh what yeah how I mean, is it not the juggernaut oakland athletics what are you yeah, talking about i know there's there's a competition right now between the oakland a's being world beaters there was some guy shohei otani that had a big game last night uh alec manoa on the opposite end of the spectrum that that has also entered the fray as a conversation piece it's just uh, there's a lot of different directions that we could go in today. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of Blue Jays fans who <laughs> are not too happy with you and I. And I want to get out in front of this even farther than I got out in front of it last time. Last season, I already apologized. I already apologized. I already uh, apologized. I I, I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a couple years away from selecting Blue Jays players as, for any this is your fault. This is not my fault. Yeah. This is not my. You're you. You, you started it. You started not, you, you technically started it. You said his name, and then I was like, yeah, but you that's where I'm going you, to. Everyone that you pick for the Cy Young ends up having the worst year of their personal life, never mind just their career. Uh, I, no, I, I, I This is only my first year, and it just so happened that like I picked the same guy as you. No, no. You you definitely got your pick in first. Well, now, now, you're, you now you're leading us into the direction in of this being the lead story, and it's not. <laughs> Well, we don't have to make it. I don't know how Shohei Otani's not the lead story. <laughs> I was just going around this morning, like collecting little snippets. They like, got like the, uh, like the tungsten stuff. Like in terms of uh, historically, where does this stack up? So Shohei Otani, <clears throat> what is it? Six and a third. Yep, six and a third. Six and a third, ten punch outs, and then he goes three for three with two bombs and a single. And um, 
So here, here's just some of the things I saw. Shohei Otani now has a 3.8 F war as a batter, matching his batting war total from his 2022 campaign in exactly half a season. 81 games played. Uh, <laughs> Shohei Otani <laughs> is hitting 407 in the games that he's pitched in this year. Uh, Shohei Otani is currently on pace for 12.2 B war, which would be the most valuable season since 1985. And I thought we would have gone back way further. Like if I, I guess this is all because Shohei doesn't play a, a position on the days that he doesn't pitch. Like if he just mm-hmm. stood out in right field, like his, he would break the war record. I'm assuming, right? I don't understand how how it doesn't. I don't understand how what he's doing on the mound well, doesn't. Ask I mean, Jay. I, I, I get ask, those two things. You've been you've been talking about war for about eight years, and you still yet to make a credible <laughs> point. Jay, hey, why if Buddy. if Shohei if Buddy. Shohei stands out in right field and has league average defense, does is that enough to just break the wins above replacement single season record? You're saying as opposed to DHing? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if he had league average yes. defense in the outfield, then yes, that would be all the difference in the world. I mean, that would probably—I—I I, I don't—I don't know what it would be. It would be probably a, what an additional two wins a season if he could just stand out there. Um, yeah. he's on top of make, what make he's doing right now. Um, well, to put it like this: right now, Shohei Otani, according to Defensive War, is the ninth worst defender in baseball. Like that—that's—that's that's why we can't. That you just can't have. My whole point about the war discrepancy is, do you mean to tell me that somebody who just stands out in right field is more valuable than a guy who starts the baseball game on the mound? Well, no, because we're just no. talking about him as a DH. I, I know, but you're saying, well, why can't we just plug him into right field and have him be an average defender and see what that looks like? And my argument to that is, buddy. We are actually watching something far more valuable unfold. Instead, because he's just not standing out in right field, and that's what the algorithm favors is someone who does that as opposed to doing what he's doing on the mound is yeah, but you're ludicrous. not. You're not it's comparing ludicrous. it to. You're not comparing it to his pitching war. You're comparing it to his offensive war as a DH. I I understand. My point is that. Once again, what any defender would be doing, what any defender would be doing on average standing out there for the four days in between what Shohei Otani does on the mound is just not as valuable. And so we get caught up in the algorithm favoring that comparison as opposed to stepping back and going, let's be honest with ourselves. If the dude's going to do that on the mound, and we've got just some average run of the mill defender out there. How do we how do we then value what that guy's doing over what Shohei Otani's doing? How do we do that? And you can pitcher X on the mound. It is a pitcher, the nineteen eighty five season. Yeah, it's Doc. Thirteen point three B war, Doc Gooden in nineteen eighty five. And then if you want just the American League, you have to go all the way back to Yaz. Carl Yastrzemski, the year that he hit the triple crown in 1967. Um, yeah, you got, but don't you got to you got to say like if Shohei does this for the entire year, it's I don't give a fuck what War says. It's the best season ever. It has to be. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The war is not going to say it is. And that's Dallas's point, which I agree with. And you can go into the numbers of why that works and like, you know, it, well, that, it's just it's they probably make sense in some ways because. But what is war really? Yeah, when, when you when you when you just look beyond certain things, when you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And the response is, yeah, well, you know, not accounting for that. Let's just go here. And it's like, oh, let's just overlook this. Let, like, no. So like, Jay, my question about that would be. Who was the most average right fielder in baseball last year? Me. Would uh, you take right? Sorry, keep going. And would you take and would you take Shohei Otani's performances on the mound over what that individual brought to you defensively during his games played? I, say it's say it's an everyday guy who stands out there for a hundred and thirty. Games. So 140 games. So I'm confused because what what I'm understanding the theoretical Otani debate to be is if he wasn't it, it it's he's still making 30 starts a year in this conversation. What he's doing in between those starts is playing right or left field at a league average rate instead of DHing, which is what he does between starts now. This is not to say that like he could like I don't think he could continue to be the level of starting pitcher that he is if he had to play right field instead of DH in between those games. I think that's probably natural, right? Just given like basic fatigue of playing the outfield in between the starts, right? It so would, it, would, right. it would be incredible to see. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that in this hypothetical conversation, he's still making the 30 starts and he's playing right field. And that's not impacting the quality of the innings pitch that we're getting from him during those 30 starts. Maybe that's unrealistic, well, but that's that. Then he breaks. Right. Then he breaks. Correct. The and that's what Jared was. I thought that's what Jared was asking me. And that's what I'm saying, that he would break uh, the wins above replacement mark if that's the actual season that we're talking about. That's. Oh, that yeah. No, I, I, I thought Jared was asking. Is that what you were? Well, fuck, is that what you meant, Jared? I'm saying <clears throat> the single season it's, wins above replacement. Record, whatever that is. Do we know what that is, Jay? It's not I mean, the Doc Gooden year, is it? No, it's. I mean, it's it's twenty, but we're talking about well, who seasons. the fuck did that? Well, remember, it's a counting it's a counting stat, right? So you have to remember yeah. that if a guy is going to throw six hundred innings, which is what, <laughs> yeah. which is what they did in the late eighteen hundreds, right? Then your WAR, if you're the best at it, is going to be very high. So Tim O'Keefe, congratulations. <laughs> 20.2 wins above replacement in 1883. Uh, that was six, <laughs> 619 innings pitched. Um, See, strict, and, then, and then strictly speaking, the top five seasons ever are all just dudes who threw 600 innings. Okay, so like <laughs> at, at some point, if we want to have this it's conversation. super valuable in fairness. No, it yeah. is. But well, if compared, we, if, especially compared to the average league player at that time, you got a guy going 600 innings and the other schmucks are like, all I got is two in me, dude. I got like 230, maybe. I don't know. Like, sorry, can I still play? Like to, the, the real conversation, if we want to have it, is probably something like with a year cutoff. Like if post Babe Ruth on or something like that, because yeah, the since they started era. playing real baseball. Yeah, because like Babe Ruth is the I, I know it's cliche to compare Babe Ruth to Shohei Otani. But in this sense, I don't think it totally is, because what we're talking about with Otani is ace level pitching and MVP caliber hitting. Uh, and that should break wins above replacement or it should be the greatest season of all time. And I'm not sure I totally disagree, but we also have to remember that when Babe Ruth 
was putting up 14 wins above replacement, which he did in 1923. He was like out homering entire other organizations, Teams, right? So yeah. leagues, it's yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, so like we can say that's fake sure bullshit baseball, but but in terms of like what's counted and Babe Ruth is counted for sure, that is in some ways just as mind blowing. If we were to see that today, if we were to see a dude step up and I don't know what the team with the fewest amount of home runs is going to be this year, but let's say it's a hundred or the something Guardians. like that, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Guardians will be that team for sure. Let's say it's a hunt. If a guy stepped up and hit a hundred fucking homers this year, you don't think we, you don't think we'd be like, wow, that should probably break the wins above replacement mark too. You know, like or a hundred and twenty-five homers, beat a few teams in the like. I don't know. I, well, that's I, why the under, innings thing. That's why the innings thing is hilarious. We're underestimating like baseball history. Like Shohei is unprecedented, and we've talked about that. And I, I can't heap any more praise. But I don't want to underestimate baseball history, which has been going on for like 140 years by Jay, saying that he should up. be unprecedented in wins above replacement because we've seen some wild ass shit. <laughs> look, 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 look up, look up, look up one of uh, O'Keefe's rotation mates. And, sure. And okay. see how many innings, how many innings totally. Uh, what were the least amount of innings? All by right. a guy in his rotation. All right, so his All right. 18. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Here. So his 1883 team. In which he yeah, made okay. sixty-eight starts, all of <laughs> all of which were complete games. Complete games. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah! Six hundred nineteen <laughs> innings. Uh, CG shut base. By the way, only f- only five of the sixty-eight were shutouts. Uh, oh, I'm not sure God. totally what to make of that. So what was his ERA? So is he at two point four one? Okay. Wow. <laughs> this is. I'm glad, da- I'm glad Dallas brought this up because here's what the rest of his rotation mates did. It was one dude, and his name was Jack Lynch. (laughs) It was just the two of them. Those were the only pitchers on the fucking team. Tim Keefe (laughs) made 68 starts. Jack Lynch made 29 starts, and he had a 4.09 ERA and only had 255 innings pitched. So he's basically like an opener, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess yeah, if you're if if the bum. if the only other pitcher on your team threw fewer than half as many innings and had an ERA a run and a half higher, then yeah, man, I guess you get twenty wins above replacement because you won. Yeah, that's you how that literally works. won all of those games. <laughs> that, yeah, that, and that is that is why war is just so fucked up. Because could you imagine a starter in anybody's rotation? Let's give let's give. You know, pitcher X, 200 innings, and that's the high water mark for his rotation. A guy with like three times as fewer innings who just gets his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and that like that's that's who you got bolstering you like that. Like, that guy doesn't even exist today. Oh, and this is what we're dealing with. Old, this old, is the kind of algorithm. Oh. Old Haas Radborn, who is more well known as a Twitter like avatar, basically, than he is a real life MLB pitcher, has posted mm-hmm. a better season by wins above replacement than anybody, anybody on this podcast has watched in their lifetimes. Uh, hmm. It's I mean, it, it's just built into the numbers, right? That was another six hundred and thirty two and a third innings pitch season. Um, yeah. It's fun. How do you? Uh, but by all means, let's let's. That's the standard. That's one hundred percent the standard. No flaws. But that's even, why. Even if you're, even if you're out there throwing like seventy miles an hour, uh, I still think that it's wildly impressive to throw six hundred something innings if you're not like max effort throwing fastballs. 
still hurts. Tim Keefe never again eclipsed the 600 inning mark. Ah, that's the problem with throwing Some 600 say, innings. You really only do it once it or twice. Fin- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some say it was his final start in which he threw 1,962 pitches, but uh, <laughs> just wasn't quite able to bounce Listen, back. Listen, no, t- Tim still had plenty of peak left. He averaged 37 wins a season uh, from 1883 to 1888. So mm. he knew how to win. He knew how to win. Yeah. Uh. Good for him. I heard you guys talking about the uh, like if we'll ever see a 300 game winner again, which I don't think we will. And then Denny McLean being the last to win 30 in a season. We'll never. We'll never see. No, that. no chance. No, there's just so no many chance. records. I always like- just go. Go back to the Ubaldo, like the Ubaldo first half. What well, he was fucking like 18 and whatever. Right. Like mm. it was something stupid. Wasn't I mean, it was he was like 14 and something. But the Rockies. Yeah, I think he was. You know, only, I think it was win. only like twelve and one. I want to say. I know what you're talking about. Hold on, I'm pulling up. Was that 2010? Is that the year that he threw the no hitter? Yeah, he w- Yeah, 2010. He w- He finished 19 and eight. Uh, the first half he was. Fi- oh, it was 15 and one with a two two, ERA. Yeah. In the so first half. Thinking, yep. In the 15 first fifteen and one. I mean, that's obviously more than half the games, but yes. Pre All Star break, he was fifteen and one with a two two and eighteen starts. After and the break, he went this four and seven. Win. Yeah, didn't even yeah, win four 20. and seven with a three eight. Uh, I actually, I know we, we probably want to move on from the war thing, but like, I I actually have a totally different take than like that the fact that it's all these six hundred guys makes it fake as shit. Like to me, when you see a Dwight Gooden in 85 or like I'm scrolling down the next like like Roger Clemens in 97 Barry Bonds in in 2001 when you see these guys pop up on the list to me it just makes it more eye-popping because then I see Roger Clemens through 264 innings that season and I see Mm. that like you know Doc Gooden through 276 and two-thirds and I'm like holy shit like so, so this is as valuable as the 559 inning season that Jim Devlin contributed in 1877. You know what I mean? And like, and we're light years. We are light years beyond what the game is right now, too. Jay, hey, think about that. Like, <clears throat> like the the only thing that truly separates our game as it sits today from some of those era, the 85, <clears throat> you know, the 97, what is is the pitch timer. Right. And the, and the size of the bags and we can get into the three batter minimum, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm saying is it's not like there's been another out added to sure, the sure. to the mandatory out limit. That's there's not crazy things happening <clears throat> like happened in the game prior to that. So the game looks as similar as it ever has between our era now and some of those later eras. So to see a Roger Clemens or a doc pop up, that's where you have to give in my opinion, respect to those guys, to the Docs, to the Rockets, to the Berries, because in that day and age, as we just laid out, the discrepancy in innings pitched and just how good one player was compared to their teammates, these dudes, those are all-time performances. Dude, you, literally, all-time. Dude, you're telling me that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and, and Dwight Gooden were as good as the only pitcher on the team. 
right back in the day. Like the dude who threw all of yeah. the innings. That's how good right. Barry Bonds and Roger These Clemens and and Dwight Gooden were. Yeah. Like that to me is like yeah. holy, everybody just, holy shit. Like <laughs> yeah. makes it more impressive. Yep. I don't I don't know. Like it's a fundamentally yep. different game now, especially with the pitching side, but uh I don't know. It's, to me, seeing all these black and white pictures Cause, cause, at the top of the leaderboard, well, imagine, like, doesn't it doesn't diminish it. I just have to like put it into context, like you would any other. Sport. But imagine how you would have to explain that. Imagine, like, imagine explaining that to an old school manager, where you're like, "All right, now listen up here. I know you've got your pitcher, and it's just understood that when you say your pitcher, that everybody in the league has that one dude, like you said, accounting for the majority of the work, right? So when you say to him. Hey, you know your one pitcher? What if I told you I got a batsman? That's right. I got a batsman who's worth maybe more than the one than your pitcher. Yeah. He's going, what? Well, who who pitches? Well, what else does he do? Like, no, no, that's the crazy thing. Is he's just that good at his batsman skills that he's that much better? Like it, it, the 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 manager would be baffled. He's like, I need to see this player you're talking about. Hmm. Did you see that Shohei added 0.8 war yesterday? <laughs> in a game. In a game. Like that's that's literally almost single handedly. Like, is it 1.0 if he hits the two homers and throws a shutout? Uh, Maybe CG. Probably, yeah. Yeah, right, no probably. walks. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? 0. 0.8? That's good. I can do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than the Rockies have this year. Offensively. Yeah. That's funny. They're at a negative. Yikes. Well, uh, greatest that's game, absurd. Greatest, greatest game of all time. I'm saying it right say. now. I'm saying it right now. And I don't have to look yeah. up shit. You don't have to. And you know what? Baseball fans, you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. From the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you... Goddamn hiccups. Gets you uh, an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate now. With DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. 
With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Oh, uh, Dallas, did you get it all out of your system? you have any other remarks that you'd like to make about Shohei's performance last night? Uh, I do not. I, I feel like that was. I feel like that was uh, vetted. That was a nice fairly. release for you. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It just, you know, I I'm sure there's been a notice, and I, I I've actually received tweets about this. Like, oh man, you don't talk about Shohei, blah blah blah. And and who the fuck says been- that? All we do is talk <laughs> about Shohei. I have well, I have I have peeled it back, and no, you, we we as a whole have not. Been, uh, Dallas, you, you don't talk about the A's enough on the podcast. Like we fucking talk about the A's all the time too. <clears throat> well, trust me, I didn't want to defend it to the point where I was going to get angry. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem. Like I, I just I feel so passionately about what he has done to the game of baseball and the impact on the game of baseball that he's had. That. Uh, I think at times it clouds my ability and prevents me from hearing other people's thoughts. And I'm, I'm okay admitting that I am man enough to admit that. Um, it just doesn't put me in a great headspace when I have to hear people go, yeah, but you know, he doesn't play a position, you know? And so I just, I'm not and I, right. There I, I, saw go, someone, and I don't think someone don't think on Twitter made the worst comparison anymore. ever. Someone on Twitter said that Shohei Otani was just the Ronda Rousey of Major League Baseball because because he because he was first. So like the competition wasn't good. I was like, I don't think you know what you're saying because yeah, no. it he's not fighting other two way players in a cage. <laughs> that's not, that's not yeah. what that means. Ronda like, was an absolute beast and then was going to rip a lot of people's arm off in the promotion at that point in time, just because of where her skill set was. I think where it, her the point, level the point was. was more like just like, yeah, like when Rhonda came in, like women's MMA wasn't at the point where it's at today. So she was kind of like beating up more inexperienced women, MMA fighters, whatever. But like Shohei is till Holly Holm kicked her head into the fucking fifth row. Yeah, like God. Shohei is punching out 10 against some of the best hitters that ever lived. And, and he's, he's hitting bombs off of some of the best pitchers who ever lived. Like, it doesn't matter that he's the first. He is also the, like, it's just, I guess yeah. a coincidence that he's also the best too. Baseball is being thrown harder than they've ever been thrown yeah. in the game of baseball. And he's hitting them as far, if not farther than they've ever been fucking hit. And like he's contributing right. to them being the thrown harder dude. than they ever have been. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so I I do I I start getting start getting a little bubbly. Back of the neck starts to get a little warm when we start talking about Shohei, and I got to entertain fuck boys. Hmm. I feel that. Yeah, um, it, was, it was good. It was good. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to address the the Alec Manoa uh, <laughs> line, so, dude? <laughs> His first start the, rookie ball. Two and two thirds innings, yeah. eleven earned runs, ten hits, two homers, three strikeouts, and two walks. My question to you, Dallas: 
is is the manager out of line for letting him get his teeth kicked in like that? No, like if you're listen. the if you're the manager down there, this is not like we need to get your innings in. We need to get your pitches up. This is we need to get your confidence back. So if you're no, no, setting no, him out no, no. there to give up fucking eleven earn, do you know how much time it probably takes to give up eleven earned runs? Like you're not sitting long, in the dugout. Eleven, eleven. Not long. That takes not time. Long. Ten not hits. Long. Dallas. Jared, Ten hits. That Jared, takes time. That takes time. It does not. You, you it can does not. Ten <laughs> That's hits. What, Jared, listen, 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 listen. I know, I know what it looks like. All right, but if we're going to talk about this, we got to look at it from all perspectives, all angles here. If you remember a few weeks ago when we started talking about him going down, I talked about how potentially what should be the case is your best coaches or some of your best instructors, they should probably be at your spring training facility, at your complex. Why? Because you have the crop of your future coming through there, right? Those are the seeds that you're planting, going to be watering, going to be growing into big leaguers. So you would like to have some important hands on those individuals. If things are struggles for other guys throughout your organization and enter Alec Manoa, they need to take a step back. And it's a combination of performance. It's a combination of actual anatomy of your performance, meaning the stuff, the pitch profiles. Those numbers are probably off. So I talked about being able to go to a facility where you have resources and technology at your disposal to utilize really every time you throw a ball. So when they're playing catch, these things are measured. When he gets on the mound and throws a bullpen, these things are measured. When he faces hitters, these things are measured. All because he's in a controlled environment back at the complex. Again, hopefully with some of your better instructors or folks that can connect with this individual, that way the progress is made. And you're not spinning your wheels, like I said, in some double-A ballpark without all of those things I just mentioned, prohibiting you from taking the necessary steps to get better. So when you go down, to your point, this is about an adjustment for confidence. That comes later, though. What we need to iron out are the issues that we've been having, and that leads us to the pitch profile. If we're going to get back to attacking in a certain spot and you need to see what it looks like against game competition in game speed, well. Here's your fastball up top. When you go down to the fire league, those kids love, love to ambush. They want nothing more than to turn a Cy Young hopefuls 95-mile-an-hour fastball all the way the fuck around so they can make three left turns and tell their boys and post the on Insta who they just took deep tonight. So they are itching. There's literally a fight at the fucking bat rack with these kids to come up there and face guys like Alec Manoa. So now you've got a guy in Manoa who's working on certain things and is not going to be deviating from their plan just to go get outs, right? That's why we're all the way back in rookie ball to try to remove that gene of competition, which is really tough to do because you're asking me to go out there as a big leaguer and not worry about getting my ass kicked against these kids. That's fucking tough. Yeah, well, you know what else is tough is giving up this line in the big leagues or never having the opportunity to give up that line in the big leagues ever again. So keep your head down and fuck duck and let's get an L screen out here if we need to, but goddamn, we're going to continue to work on these things. And this is the best place for that to happen. So 
initially you're like, holy hell, things are not going well. And yeah, there's no denying that a 10 hit 11 run line is not getting your ass kicked. That's tough. That's a tough one to take, but it's all in the name of making progress. And so that's where my mind went initially, understanding that these are just things that you go through in an effort to try to make yourself better. But when you zoom out, you're like, hey, you know what? If you're just brushing past it, like, damn, that did not look good. So there's just layers to it. What I'm yeah. curious about is that he got sent down there three weeks ago. It was a six. So it's been three weeks and he hasn't pitched in a game in three weeks. Like, is that worrisome? Is it an injury? Like, what do you think? What took so long? What is going on? Um, my guess is, and it may be an educated guess. It may not be an educated guess. My guess is there needed to be a certain base level of ability to perform. And whether that's having his arm in shape, whether that's being able to bounce back in between pitches, whatever the case may be. But they've got to get to a point where he can achieve the work they're asking him to do. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's, you know, with the, with the arm and being in position mechanically. And they're like, look, we can't run you out there until you can repeat these things more times than not. And we don't know that we're there yet. So we don't want to get you out into a game asking you to maybe make a mechanical adjustment that you're not confident in being able to duplicate, especially if it becomes nut-cutting time out there. You got a guy on second and third, nobody out, and now you want to get back to just making pitches when we still want you to stay within these adjustments, to still execute these movements. So there's a lot of different reasons why he might not be in the game up until this point. Yeah, I mean, like I think getting sent down there in the first place probably felt like rock bottom. But then knowing the second that that line hits the Internet, (laughs) that's got to be a completely different rock bottom type feeling for him. Well, I would I I would hope not. And I would like to think that there's people around him that and, and I would like to think he understands like, bro, fuck the Internet. So he's not. I, I can tell you right now, he has not checked social media since he got sent down. Yeah, like like that's not a like social media. It's you know, hey, it's fun. It's uh, you know, it's great. It's good to, but like this guy's got bigger fish to fry. He's got other things that he's worried about, and so I I, I would not think that that line hitting the internet would do anything for him. Like, I think he'd be able to wear that one. Nope, that's water off a duck's ass, man. Well, I mean, you got to kind of because at this point, and I don't think anyone really has a good straight answer of like what is wrong with Alec Manoa for him to go from like a legitimate Cy Young contender to not to giving up 11 runs in rookie ball. Like it could just be like a mental type yips type thing. And and that's that's why I I brought up, you know, it could be it could be a, a physical conditioning thing. It could be a mechanical thing. You just you don't know. That's why they bring him back to square one and we can check all these boxes. And from there we can go. Remember, this is the same organization that took Doc Holliday back to a ball, back to rookie ball and said, let's rethink this. Let's do this over. Let's figure some shit out here. Uh, Jay, hey, what was your reaction when you saw that line from Alec Manoa? You know, my initial reaction 
Listen, I love to pile on as much as the next guy made a podcasting career of piling on in some cases, but I don't like, I I was like, Oh, I'm going to look up how many runs he's given up, including this stretch and his MLB. And then I just kind of stopped myself. And I was like, you know, this was, this is like different than Hosmer being shitty or like, you know, dunk dunking on Miggy at the end of his hall of fame career because he's, you know, he shouldn't be playing anymore or something like that. This is like a little sad to me, baseball wise. And my re- my ultimate reaction was I just hope he kind of figures this out um, and, and not a lot more. I don't know enough about pitching or pitching mindset uh, to have much more sentiment on it than that. Um, and then, you know, secondarily, what he means to the Blue Jays future. But that's kind of down the line, I think. And and hopefully, like, I almost wonder if the Roy Halladay thing does him a little bit of a disservice in this conversation, too, because. Like it is the natural comparison to make, be, obviously because they play for the same team and it's kind of like a complete restart from the majors all the way down to the lowest levels of the minors. But Roy was obviously a very unique pitcher in lots of ways that Dallas could speak to more than I could. But like, it, it's it's more likely that that would fail and that he would not make it back and turn into a Hall of Fame pitcher than it is that it succeeded, right? That's almost a testament to Roy and and good fortune and hard work and all that sort of stuff. And like for Manoa to see like, ah, oh, it's it's the holiday thing, the holiday thing. Like I almost wonder if it's like, oh man, like fuck, like ah, uh, I I just wonder how that impacts him too, because that's a lot of additional pressure to put on a guy who's already facing a battle, so- I guess. So I'll say this, and this is probably as far as I'll, I'll go with this. We just came from Toronto. Just came from Toronto. And I know a lot of guys over there. And I know I know a lot of, I mean, I know folks on the staff. I know folks in the front office there. Um, and I get to sit down and talk next to just a Hall of Fame person, Buck Martinez, which is fucking fabulous. Um, so there is a layer of, man. You hope he doesn't look at that example that is inevitably going to be, he's going to get beaten over the head with that from every corner, like in the clubhouse, in the training staff, fan base, like everybody's going to have said that in one way or another, drawn that comparison in one way or another. So I think much like you try to filter out the comparisons of you to another player and their production and performance in that regard, your production and performance in this arena specifically is something that I would like to see him or hope he would filter out because you can't compare yourself to a guy like Roy Halladay because there's probably some different issues that are being addressed. And so it's not all just about the the baseball that's being played. There's a lot of different things that go on when you take somebody back to that level and try to rebuild essentially their DNA but ultimately their confidence, Jerry, which is why I said you're not off on that, but confidence is almost like last on the totem pole. That's what you want them to graduate this <clears throat> this event with is, all right, now you got your confidence pinned back. Get back up there and shove it up somebody's ass. Mm. Well, we'll be watching. Um, it, to Jay Hay's point, it, it is sad because it all, like now that, we're coming up on All-Star Week. 
And I'm thinking back to last year's All-Star Game. I think the only memory that I have of All-Star Game last year was Alec Manoa being mic'd up and taking what pitches he should throw from the broadcast booth. Like, that was the coolest part of the All-Star Game. Yes. So to go from that, where you're so good that you're pitching in the All-Star Game and you're so confident in your stuff that you are throwing the pitches that the broadcasters are telling you to throw to now being in rookie ball, getting your tits lit. Uh, it It's crazy to me. Um, I mean, we like, like we said earlier in the show, me and Dallas picked the fucking guy to win the Cy Young Award this year. This mm-hmm. year. Like, that's that's how quickly it fell apart. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's it's not like he's on the wrong side of 30. If if he doesn't figure it out this year, that doesn't mean that he'll never figure it out. So, uh, yeah, we're just- I just want his personality back in the game. You know, yeah. I I enjoy the 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 fieriness. I enjoy the amount of fuck you he takes the mound with. Like mm-hmm. that's that excites me. I like that. I enjoy that. And and as that matures, like uh, it's it's weird to think. Like I I think I had this hope that he would almost become like a a CC type of teammate, Sabathia type of, you know, like, let's fucking go. I will stand up there. I will take the bullets. I will be that dude. I will be that dude. I will let my physical presence do the talking. I will let my performance do the talking. I'll let it all do the talk. All right, we got to take a break from the podcast for a word from our sponsor, Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I got a couple buddies in town for the 4th of July, and we're thinking about going to the Red Sox game tonight. Game starts in like five hours, but that's the best part about game time is you don't have to decide months, weeks, days in advance. You can decide to go to the game the day of and game time has you set. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code JARED for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code JARED for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um, The Oakland A's did some talking last night, Dallas. Smacking bitches! That's right. <laughs> Dude, is it Sorry. really fair to to gloat about like a victory that. over a beat mm-hmm. down New York Yankees yes. team? The juggernaut like, is that, that is really what we want. Yeah. A's. Just like kind of like a plucky doing your best sort of New York Yankees post George Steinbrenner doing the best that we can with what we have sort of team. I mean, Dallas doesn't get to take very many W's. Like right. he is a natural born loser that uh, played for a loser franchise who now broadcasts for a loser franchise. Uh, that's Pod, I mean, podcast last night for was a winning win. podcast, though. Yeah, yeah. Podcast it's a, for a winning it's an organization podcast, that's, that's sure. having a down season. OK, that's how I like to frame it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Down, down year, uh, but not a down night, Dallas. Uh, how, how is how is that experience of taking it to the, the Bronx Bombers in their ferocious <laughs> offense? 
Well, you know, I I don't know that I would say uh, taking it to the Bronx Bombers. It was a tightly mm. contested affair, Jared. Uh, sure. But it's nice that the Oakland A's were on the plus side of this tightly contested affair. Not quite the offensive outburst from either side that you might anticipate when you look at lineups like this. <laughs> oh. Record scratch. Uh, because I asked a very important person in the New York Yankees organization when the last time they thought the New York Yankees in the month of June were running out three hitters in the lineup who were hitting under 200. A third of their lineup hitting under 200. Like, I, and, and they couldn't even offer an answer. They couldn't even who offer is, an answer. Who is like, that? Donaldson, I, fucking. It's uh, Donaldson, uh, fucking uh, Stanton, and Cabrera, I think. Oswaldo? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that team stinks. Is that right? That's right. I don't know how they have a winning record. They fucking stink. It was nice to see. The Josh Donaldson revenge game, though, coming back to Oakland, hitting the bomb when everyone's saying, oh, he's getting released. He's a piece of shit. Psych. He's back. Hits a bomb against his old team. And I got a question for Yankees fans because they they do hate on Donaldson. Everyone says he's getting released before he gets released. Who do you want other than him? Like, who's going to replace him that's going to really make the Yankees better? Dude, that was that was my reaction, too, because we've. We talked about it at the end of the pod on Monday, but like you have to have depth. Like, yeah, wanting to have better than Josh Donaldson is an admirable goal, I think. But, but who is that? <laughs> like that yeah. to me, this, this to me, you guys hate him too. That's this what it's going to gonna be. Right, right. This to me, <laughs> it felt. This feels like an off-season issue. That sh- like past off-season. I don't think it's clearly no, but I don't th- like. Okay, maybe it is clear, but. This is like the third straight season, I feel like, where we were sold some level of bill of goods on Josh Donaldson being like a viable and at times even high end third baseman for the Yankees. And I, I'm, I just think. But if you I, bought that, if you bought that, I got Brian Cashman multiple. bought it. They paid $50 million for the right to employ Josh Donaldson. Was it, what? What? I, I, I'm saying if you as a baseball fan. No, I didn't. Heard, buy it. Look, I, I know. We're very good friends with JD. Very good friends with JD. And I was I'm, wearing him out yesterday. You're good friends with him. He doesn't know who I am. No. <laughs> 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 Fair. Yeah. But he did speak in spring he, training he one time. Not, that was a special. That was when he was with the Blue Jays. Special. <laughs> I'm sorry. Special moment. Go ahead. He was, he was not going to be the answer to that. And I think that's why there was, I don't, I don't want to call it an uproar, but that's why there might have been some folks who were like looking at the deal going, Yo, cash money. Um, are are you sure? Are we sure? Is this what? Okay, all right. Just saying. You know, maybe the injuries, maybe the maybe the wrong side of of thirty five. Like, I, is there any thought to? Okay, guess not. And now here's where you're at. He's one of the guys in the lineup hitting under two hundred, but seems to be the spark plug. Seems to be the. You know where it's coming from. I when you when you asked about the sub two hundred batting average thing, or when you were talking about it, I pull I pulled up their roster. 
And I'm just looking at Aaron Judge's OPS relative to every other like qualified batter on the team. I'm wondering if we're going to get to a point where the gap between the first and second best hitter on this team is like historically significant statistically. Like, because it's like our man O'Keefe. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. But Judge's OPS is (laughs) 1.078. And the next closest guy who's gotten any number of plate appearances is Anthony Rizzo at 796. Mm. Like we're almost at 300 points right now. Um, I don't know. Question for another day, maybe. But that does speak to their problem, too. <laughs> so you, you, left, you were left unimpressed, Alice, is what you're saying. I was, I was uh, outside, of the, uh, outside of the J.D. Homer, which I fully expected. Um, yeah. Yeah, left, left unimpressed. Yeah, I, I don't have Josh Donaldson ever coming to the Coliseum and not hitting a homer and not averting <laughs> his eyes somewhere near the upper deck of uh, behind home plate. Just looking for Billy Bean somewhere. I mean, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Where you at, Billy boy? Show yourself. Billy boy. <laughs> Just to circle back on that, that question, though, that I asked myself. It's Barry Bonds. It's it's Barry Bonds, like most of these questions are. The gap between dude, Rich Aurelia put up a nine forty one OPS in two thousand one, and he was four hundred and thirty eight points behind Barry Bonds. Jesus Christ! Uh, that's bananas. Imagine having a. Are you kidding me? Nine forty one and one point three seven nine. And it was the same. F- you got And it was the same fucking deal in two thousand two. It, it was just Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds. Jeff Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nine thirty three and one point three eight one. All right. Sorry. That is fucking ridiculous. Mm. <clears throat> oh my god. Barry's good at baseball. Who's uh? D- did you already reveal who the next up on the Baines meter would be? Like who's. I hinted at it uh, with a tweet, but I'm sure lots of people who listen don't follow me on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, do you want me to at J. Hey, kid, do you want me to share who the next guy we're looking at is? Well, give me the hint. Huge, legitimate friend of the podcast. More you guys, of course, but friend of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't get away. NL outfielder. Christian Yelich. Oh, so okay. I just I, I want to float this wouldn't be terrible to maybe line up him passing the Baines line with coming on, on the, pod the podcast to discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We could hand out the first ever live meter award. Live. I think that yeah. I think that would be very cool. I'm sure he's like he's kind of been flirting with the mark for a week or two now. So I'm sure he's getting, I can feel he's getting a little bit tight and nervous. <laughs> yeah. Getting he's to, pressing, getting to 38.8, uh, which well, Joey that, so aptly noted is kind of like a very famous number now. Um, yes. So check like the, the schedule, it's like the new get your tickets, get your tickets at home. He's going to want to do this at home. Naturally. Mm. You would think you would think, Let's see exactly. I didn't check uh, prior to today where he's at. Let's see where he's at entering play on Wednesday as we record. He is at 38.3. So he is a half a win behind that. That wow. is a good day's work. That could happen. Yeah. More, yeah. more likely sure than not, we're looking it. at next week. 
um, with our podcast schedule, but that would be special. And I'm very excited for him mostly. <laughs> yeah. That would be special. Um, I'm not going to hit the breaking news sound, but the Red Sox did just sign Denelson Lamette to a minor league contract. And it's We're not back, 2020 Lamette, unfortunately. <laughs> We're back. We are back. Yeah. Red Sox. Red Sox just got their fucking dicks blown off by the Marlins last night. Dude, speaking of being fucking back, did you guys see Jazz? Yeah, I came back last night. Yeah. Jazz mm-hmm. Chisholm. And hey, how did, how did Al Contra do last night? Well, he did against the Red Sox. We suck. Well, so Is that's two guys. Sandy's back. That's, that's two guys who are back on a the team. The pitch efficiency was was something else. Like he had like a couple innings where he threw like five pitches. Love that. Sounds like he's back. Sounds like the Marlins are feeling good right now, man. Yeah. I was I was I was very pleasantly surprised to see Jazz Chisholm come up on my screen like, oh fuck. That came out of nowhere. You didn't know he was coming back last night? I had no idea. They posted uh hit a double. The the Marlins posted like a social video of him walking up the the dugout steps being like, I'm back. And I was like, Oh shit, I did not I did not realize that. Marlins do right. Just wait till just wait till Cueto. Kate Cueto. Uh Cueto, dude. <laughs> Cueto's coming back soon too. Mm-hmm. I just don't want the Marlins to go too far under the radar, man. They might be one of my new favorite teams. I mean, do you like the color scheme or no? The Marlins? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the color. I mean, their throwback jerseys are next fucking level. I mean, everyone can agree with that. The teal? The teal. Hmm. That's a different planet. That's probably the best uniform in the league. They've won three straight. They're 46 and 34. They're 46 and 34. So... And for everyone being like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 like, what the division? They would be in third place in the AL East, the best division in baseball, in a playoff spot. I mean, they're probably not going to catch the Braves, but they've got to be the top wild card spot in the NL, no? Yeah. Who? <laughs> the Marlins. Oh. Yeah, respect the Marlins. Are they? Yeah. <clears throat> the top spot? Oh, yeah. Where are the Giants at in that? They right behind them. There, right? Yeah. There you go. Yep. I think they're a half because game back. Say it with me now. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in first play. Looking to take the NL West down. Dallas, do you have the balls to say that the D-backs are going to win the NL West this year? <clears throat> I don't. You never have the balls anymore. When's the last time you had the balls? I don't. When you asked me a question that that wasn't just completely like, I don't know, not. I'm pretty sure I asked you if you had the balls to say that the Texas Rangers were going to win the AL West and you said no. So that's I think you were just I I think you were just offering rides off of one wagon and onto another. I don't know if there was a a question of testicular fortitude. The the Astros are in third place, buddy. I know. So you look like a fucking asshole for that one. Uh, you, you took the hop off to the Rays, which you, you look smart for that. You look like an asshole for not taking the Rangers. Um, you look like an asshole for not taking the Reds to win the central. And I just offered you the D backs and you said, no, so you're, you just, 
Huge asshole year for Dallas. I'm, I'm sticking to my decision. Yeah, I'm we know. You, you're pussy. Choice. We know. Does anyone else the ta- want to take Padres? me up? You're just sticking with Is the it? Padres? What, in the NL West? That was that your original pick? choice? <laughs> no, it was the Dodgers. Was it? Yes. I think Jake looked that up. I don't know, dude. That's good. I, I hope so, because that would have been you just left the fucking something a really good trade on the table there if you picked the Padres over the fucking Diamondbacks. Does anyone else want to jump on the the D backs while while I have you uh, give you the I opportunity? Mean, I, I did select the Padres. So if, oh, if the Diamondbacks oh, are God. <laughs> So you're gonna are you gonna walk it back? Well, the Diamondbacks are on the table. I mean, I just I, told was, you the Diamondbacks are on the table. Okay, oh, that's why well, I, I was, you know, until Joey started wanting to have shit fact checked. Like I thought I was, you know, too much, kind of too, on too much rambling. I accept. Okay, yeah. Jay Hayes yeah. on the D backs. Jay Hay is buying on the D backs. Thank you for the opportunity. Taking yeah. the deal. What did you leave? You left the Reds on the table. You considered it, right? Yeah, I've I left the Reds on the table. Probably okay. Yeah, I mean, who cares about that? Like, I'm on the Cardinals, so I think I might just ride that right to the uh, to the bottom. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> loser. <laughs> Go, Dallas. You gonna take the, uh, these D backs? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I'm going snakes. Okay, I'm going snakes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Well, I'm off. I'm, I'm offering Dallas the Dodgers. No, you can't. Do <laughs> I don't. Uh, do you have the oh, balls? Are you Joe? Do you have? Do you have the balls? Do you have the balls? Big Los Angeles Dodgers right now. They're in third place. You got the balls. Do it. <laughs> man, man, Joe, you make a compelling argument. <laughs> Just questioning my sack makes me makes me think twice here. Because mm. um, I, I, I want to feel like the Dodgers are going to do something, something right mm. right now. Well, I mean, Urias is on the way back, right? He's going to make a start here soon. Mm-hmm. But it, as it sits today, it's Kershaw, Gonsolin and uh, Miller. He's thrown the ball well. He got lit last time around. Um, by the Astros, I think, but I just want to feel like the Dodgers are just not going to. I would hate to see the Dodgers be okay with squeaking in with a fucking wild card appearance. Mm-hmm. Nah, this is the reset year. And then it's Otani time. I I can see. I, I'm. I will be curious to see what they do at the deadline because I wouldn't be surprised if they really don't make a lot of moves. Because I, I well, like you said, I, I think they still make the playoffs without doing shit, and I think they might so just be I. happy with that. And they could honestly and, contend in the playoffs, even with their roster now. They wouldn't be favorited, but looking at other teams in the NL, like, it feels like maybe there's maybe there's moves that they can make outside of a big splashy, like quote unquote obvious move, right? Then like, I think they will do that because just you think they'll make a big splash. No, I think they'll do the the complimentary. Type stuff that you're talking sure. about. Sure, I, I, I think, I think maybe it's a bullpen shore up. I think maybe they've got a guy that can get them some bulk innings that they probably identify. I don't know because there's no guarantee if they go get a guy like Giolito, right? There's no guarantee that he just they're able to tap into the, what they need from him. Um, there, there's just no guarantee that those kind of things work. I mean, who knows? Anybody kicking the tires on Biebs? Like, I just, I don't see the Dodgers making that big move. I could be I could be way wrong. Yeah, right now the Dodgers have the uh, the third best chance to win the World Series behind the Rays and the Braves, and and this is like a very depleted Dodgers team, even with only I get what three and a half starters. Oh, 
Also, if we're talking about them basically walking into the postseason, even if that's as a wild card team, the the question then becomes if you're talking about additions and higher profile additions, I mean not the complimentary stuff, is is this person going to play slash pitch for us in a short postseason series? Um, because if the answer is no, then and I think the answer might be no with now? Giolito, depending on how things went with him, then then what is it worth giving up a premier prospect for the right to like you, you're, Kershaw's right. pitching in that series, uh, health permitting. Julio Urias is pitching in that series, health permitting. And frankly, I don't blame Bobby them Miller. if they want to roll the dice on Bobby Miller or Tony Gonsolin being available, healthy and pitching well at that time. You know what I mean? So what? Because that right there, Jay, Hay, opens the window for those complimentary moves right. that I was talking about that, that you agreed with, because now you've got the viable options to get you through. And I hate to say it this way in this day and age, but to get you through four or five, maybe in the postseason, four or five innings. Yeah. And then you've got bullpen guys that you that you really like. Yeah. And, this, yeah and this team is not necessarily as well equipped to p- play that bullpen game as the Dodgers have in the past. But, um, you know, hopefully that uh, that's the idea with Kershaw and Arias is that they are actually giving you six or seven innings. Um, but. To me, Giolito is a much better fit for a team like the Reds or the Rangers, where like bulk quality innings, even if it's not like you're starting game one of us for the playoffs. I, although I think Giolito probably would be on the on the stretch to start game one of the playoffs for the Reds right now if he was on the team. Um, but I think he's a much better yeah, fit. Yeah, that's, in a scenario what's, like that's that. what's crazy. Like, and see, so I would hate to see the Reds not do something that allows them to compete farther down the line in the postseason. I would much rather see the Reds do something that says, oh, wow, we've acknowledged, you know, a potential early arrival with some of our guys. And just because just because we're maybe ahead of schedule doesn't mean, like, I, I think I'm torn in between wanting to see a team go for it when they're, feeling like they can compete and maybe just a little ahead of schedule as opposed to wanting to stay the course. We know we're not supposed to be here, kind of playing with house money. Uh, let's just see where let's see where it plays out at the end of this. I would like to see there be a little aggression on the behalf of the Cincinnati Reds. I think the most interesting thing that's going to happen at the deadline is to see what the price of some of these assets ends up being because if you look at the standings, there are a lot of teams that could look at this right now and say, we're, we're kind of still in it. So you have to convince us to sell while we're still in a position to maybe make a postseason run here. Uh, so if you're, you know, the Oakland A's, for example, or the Kansas City Royals, and th- th- there's probably a legitimate handful of teams that are sellers today. And then you have a bunch of teams that are on the fringe where it's like, yeah, I guess we could buy and try and make a run at it, or we could sell and be one of the teams that receive some phone calls here and, and kind of get uh, maybe not double what the player is worth, but definitely more than what the player would be worth otherwise. Um, so yeah, I think I mean, even, even the Red Sox are in a position like that. Like the Red Sox are what two, three games out of a playoff spot, but they should 1000% sell. Like they've got so many veteran guys that teams are going to come calling for, uh, for for short money, 
Like the Red Sox are three and a half games out of a playoff spot. You in, in normal years, you wouldn't look at a team like that and say that team's a seller. Three and a half out by the trade deadline. But, so is this where teams though? Is this where teams? Is this are are we going to see a a shift in the market? Yeah, where teams now feel like they can almost hold prospects at a higher regard because teams are going to be torn between wanting to pay and make that big splashy move where they've got to give up some of those prime prospects or are they in a spot where they don't have to give up the prime guys but they do need to make a move and so now they're now they're in a position where they might be overpaying because they feel like they've got to do something they're staying away from the big move which is an obvious pay or overpay but now here, even meddling in the middle class, that comes with a higher price tag. Yeah, teams teams are definitely going to be overpaying. Like you mentioned Giolito, if he gets moved, that's going to be an overpay. Like uh, there's going to be bullpen pieces you're going to have to overpay for because there's there well, like, are, I'm thinking about as a guy- of right now. Good. I was just gonna say, like there, there are only so many sellers, and there's going to be an abundance of teams that either are in it or think that they're still in it. And there's only so many pieces to go around from the uh, scarce amount of uh, sellers. Like, mm. but that, like that makes you at- worried about a team like the Reds not actually making a big move like you want them to, because they see uh-huh. the opportunity to sell. No, there's no fucking way the Reds would sell. There's I mean, no maybe way. not sell. Well, maybe not sell. Yeah, you're right. No, I mean, who are they going to? Who are they going to trade? No, they're not going to no, sell. But but not Reds, sell. But not, Reds are but not. The prime example. The Reds are the prime example of the team that's going to be like in a position to overpay for pieces because they're they're like, hey, they listen, we're to. here. They have to. They're in first place. What the they fuck? Like, imagine being in first place, being like, "We're waving the white flag, man." Maybe next they're year they're going to sell. Place. They're not going to sell, but they could keep the same roster. It's probably so, it's right. likely. So here's the thing: there was that there was a Fox Sports graphic going around yesterday, and I'm sure other people have done it about the the payroll ranks of the division leaders right now, right? And everybody loves to get all boned up about that sort of thing, where it's like, "Oh, the small market teams, you know, yada yada, great for them. This is a great thing." But like one of the secondary implications of that that leads to what we're talking about now, you would think, is that if we have a team like the Reds or the D-backs or some of these lower payroll teams leading their divisions, are they actually going to want to trade cost-controlled prospects for higher-priced veteran, either short-term roster solutions or outright rentals? Like that. That is the behavior generally of larger market teams that can withstand both the payroll and the prospect loss. Like, I'm not convinced that the Reds are in a place financially or mentally where they want to trade even like that second tier of cost. I'm not talking about trading, obviously not De La Cruz or or McLean or like uh, Incarnacion Strand. Like, I'm not talking about that caliber of player, but their next tier down. I'm not even convinced that them or the Diamondbacks are going to want to do that. Uh, for a Giolito well, or a Stroman or a Jordan Montgomery or something like that. You, because those two things go hand in hand, your prospects and your payroll, and one covers the That's other. That's what I'm saying. When you get rid of the... Pro- right, you get rid of the prospects, it's because you're confident that you will pay and identify people to be the stopgap or just replace the projection but, of those players. 
And, and that, so that's, that, but if you're not willing to do that and you're in first place and you're not a team who's going to spend, you inherently become a team who's not willing to move the prospects either. Right. And Jared's saying, like, I think we're going to see people overspend because there are a lack of potential sellers and even fewer of those sellers have difference making pieces. What I'm saying is, is that if the same teams that are in first place right now stay in first place, I just wonder how active the trade market is going to be at all. Like, I'm not I'm not even sure we see overpays in that case. No, and the D-backs and and the Reds leading the division. And this was your point that you made on Twitter, which I concur with wholeheartedly this is precisely where expanded playoff comes into play and playing right into the hand of ownership Er, turn it up remember when we had this conversation a few years ago about how this was going to play out and how this was going to affect the market come times like this We told you this was how it was going to play out. We told you. Just look at your screen right now. Turn the YouTube on and look at your screen right now. If Jared and Jay Hay and Joey are all spending, for conversation's sake, $250 million on their roster, and I am spending $65,000, and we're all playing in the same tournament at the end of the season? Can you explain to me why I would want to spend as much as they do if I'm winning my division and I get to play in the tournament that they're playing in, that they're paying over $150 million more million than I am to play in? Why would I do that? That sounds like a bad business move, especially if I know that this is kind of how this is going to go across the board. If I don't have to spend, and we've got teams under 500 leading divisions, sounds like a pretty good business plan. Competition-wise, I don't know how strong that looks, but as far as making dollars makes sense, sounds pretty good to that bottom line. Mm. Well, We'll see. We still have, what, a month? It's, what, August 2nd, 3rd? One of those days. Still got a few things on the MLB calendar before we get to the trade deadline. But if you're like me, what you watch depends on what kind of mood you're in. That's why Max is my first pick for winning entertainment. Sometimes I'm craving comedies like Friends or South Park, and sometimes I'm totally into dramas like HBO's original Succession and House of the Dragon. I also love cooking shows like Chopped and Beat Bobby Flay. And don't get me started with movies like Lord of the Rings and Shazam Fury of the Gods. I know Dallas loves that movie. How many times have you seen that movie now, Dallas? What movie? Exactly. Well, Max is the streaming destination (laughs) and has the best of entertainment for whatever mood I'm in anytime. And plans start as little as $9.99 a month. Max, the one to watch subscription required. Visit max.com today. Uh, Did you see that Cardinals fans? I know we mentioned the cards. Cardinals fans bullied Adam Wainwright off of Twitter. (laughs) What? He deleted his account. Yep. No, he He didn't. He deleted his account. Yep, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Was it because of the Team USA failures? 
No, it was oh. because the St. Louis Cardinals failures. Wow. After wow. after what? Almost two decades with the team? Mm-hmm. Finally. That's a shame. Well, you know what? I don't think we should judge too much because Cardinals Twitter is typically such a healthy uh, and well, especially when you have place that this is this is an outlier. I feel like, mm. especially <laughs> when you have maniacs fueling their insanity. Jay, there's some people that give maniacs like that a platform. They 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 want to let them quite literally call in and voice their displeasure with their championship franchise. So you're drawing a direct line between the voicemails opening up for Cardinals fans and Adam Wainwright leaving Twitter. I I I, I feel like one has led to the other. I'd like to draw another line and say that the only man I think we know the only man who can fix this situation, uh, both internally with the Cardinals and externally with Adam Wainwright's social media stuff. And that would be. Uh, I think Bob Guerin is who you're referring to. The guarantee. Yeah, Bob yeah it's guarantee. the Bob. It's the, the Bob guarantee. guarantee. The Bob. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> Bob. Guerin. Which uh, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have Twitter, so that's perfect for this job. That's what I'm yep. yep. So, like, you're not going to bully that guy off Twitter. He ain't even on there, and that's what I, you need because these Cardinals fans do are savages on Twitter. I remember last year when I said they weren't going to get Juan Soto at the trade deadline, I was getting roasted every day by Cardinals fans. They need to chill out, which is interesting because aren't Cardinals fans known for being like the most respectable fan base and they clap for everybody and never boo anybody. Mm -hmm. They're the best like wholehearted good people, right? But not on Twitter Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Rabid. Really? (laughs) Did he actually say that anyone confirm or is just speculation that's why he deleted his Twitter? Why else would he delete it? That's it. Yeah. There's no point. other reason why that I can think of. Dallas's internet is a little yeah. choppy, but I believe while you were t- right when you started talking, Joey, Dallas said that Bob Guerin is on his way to help. He did say that. <laughs> he did say that. That's, yeah. not, that's not what I said. I can't. That's, Joey, that's not. Mean? I believe he just said that's what I said. <laughs> Damn. I, I mean, if I anyone would know, it'd be Dallas. That's... Uh, Jake, did you ever book Bob Guerin? <laughs> did you ever book Bob? Yeah, we should have him next week. Okay. Thank fucking God. Are you, are you going to sit that one out, Dallas, because you fucking hate him so much? Or are you going like, to actually be here and ask him questions? Oh, no, I would, I would absolutely be here. You would watch the relationship unfold that you've never... Blossom. You guys would be blown away. You'd be blown away. We would be blown away if you were able to to hang in there and and actually interview him without saying something that uh would have him leave the interview room. Yeah, something super rude. Yeah, it wouldn't be the case. Um, I do. Uh, I do wanted. I I wanted to tell this story unless you, someone's talking, and I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no one's talking. About it. How long is the story? Because I have two minutes before I have to. I actually have one minute before I have to leave. Uh, I saw Victor Martinez in the uh, in the <clears throat> broadcast booth in Toronto, and I was just going to walk, you know, not walk right by him, but walk by him, say hello. It was great. Uh, I was with a partner of mine, and we exchanged pleasantries, and you know, I introduced him to my partners, like, "Yo, this is you know the legend right here, is V Mart," you know, and 
Victor was, hey man, great to see you, Poppy. Blah 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 blah. It was it was a nice exchange, uh, and my partner was just like blown away. He's like, damn dude, it's crazy. Awful. Like, you know, like I've seen you talk to a lot of these guys, and it's just it's just it's funny the respect. And the best part about it is <laughs> at the very end, uh, you know, Victor gave me a hug, and he was like, yeah man. Uh, he's like, I was like, great to see you, man. He's like, come on, you know, I only <laughs> what did he say. I only forget people who own me. It's always great to see you. Meaning, implying he absolutely that he kicked the shit out me. of you. <laughs> and it was great because his son was there. And as soon as he said that to his son, I go, and you're welcome. Nice life, huh? You're welcome. <laughs> nice life. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, all right. I got to run. You guys have fun. Okay. I love you. Bye. Wow. I mean, people love well, that was, people that loves was the painful. end of what we did. Uh, I don't know uh, based on day. my internet so why Jared if uh, if I am the floor. in a position it is to, kind of to be steering the ship. I haven't huh? seen Joey yeah. blink just in seven minutes. I can't hear Joey like he either. It's part of the podcast, so but at least every podcast early. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to navigate Dallas's delay as the hosts. <laughs> Jake, would you uh, like me to reset this? Uh, you want me to, want all right, to come I'll pick back it up. Joey, did you have any uh, any topics you wanted to hit on before uh, we head out of here? Probably text me since I can't hear you. Well, we could briefly discuss the impending. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck, man? Is Dallas in this call? Like you're still talking from two minutes ago. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'm pretending as if he's not here until I see his fucking face move on the screen. So you just go ahead and keep he, talking. What do yeah, you want to talk? He's about? not here, but what I wanted to bring up is the impending Steve Cohen interview. Yes. Which yeah. we are right now hours away of, hours away from Steve Cohen's press conference where he will be addressing the media, talking about the Mets. And according to him, he's not holding back. Yeah, we're going to get it straight from him. That was the phraseology, right? <laughs> yeah. I will be, yep. You will get it from, you'll get it from me, from me straight. straight. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I, I'm kind of interested to see what exactly is discussed because like it it was on the heels of like Epler having a press conference or coming out and saying that you know, we basically still have faith in this current roster and we'll be mindful of opportunities, but you know, we're not we're not panicking sort of thing and then for your owner to come what, what I, I I at least perceive to be is like over the top of that with, you know what, I'm calling my own press conference and I'm going to be talking now. It's sort of like, well, all right, that can't, that probably doesn't make him feel great, but I don't know, man. Like, I know you've been pessimistic on the Mets. Uh, I was a little bit more optimistic. I think we talked about that enough specifically the other day, but I, we don't have any other owners like this in the sport. So this is his own kind of spectacle. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, because he's he is definitely back on Twitter, which I, I've been seeing it, an influx of tweets by Mr. Cohen, which is something you'd like to see, man, because he was talking a lot of shit on Twitter, being very visible when he came in and was like the uh, saving the day for the Mets, spending all this money, then kind of got bullied offline, 
He, they he kind of pulled the Wayne right a little bit. He sold GameStop or some shit. <laughs> he was involved in GameStop, shorting stocks. Maybe SEC was like, maybe chill. We're, we're going to have to crack down on you again, which he's been yeah, in trouble with. Yeah, this is just re- reportedly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're not reporting anything officially. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, I'm not saying he's 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 a fraud and a thief. I'm not no. saying that. I He has been in trouble in the past for being a fraud and a thief. But I never said he was. Right. <laughs> Um, I just, I, I'm just curious of what he's going to say and if he, if why he thinks he needs to say anything. Is he well, going to give them a pep talk? Is this going to motivate the players to play better? Yeah, that, yes, that gets at my point too. Because I just, I just wonder what can be said here that will make a difference. Unless the only difference he's looking to make is creating like media content or you know m- having this press conference and what comes out of it become its own story, sort of thing. We were talking about the, like, we sort of danced around, like, pitchers that might become available at the deadline. I, I do wonder if there's a world where if the Mets get far enough back and this team is, you know, maybe looking to shed some second half salary if, you know, one of the aces or Verlander specifically becomes available. Um, obviously, his market would be fairly limited just given the amount of money owed to him, but... um that's something Isn't that, that is that what Uncle Stevie's going to be talking about? Where this goes with them? Because what's that now? Is that what Uncle Stevie's going to be talking about? I can already tell we got yeah, a massive it. delay here as well. This is fucking terrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're having a tough time here in Dallas. Uh, well, but what they just like what they just did with Eduardo Escobar, which is basically trade him so they don't have to pay them pay him so this is like the first time we've seen under steve cohen's ownership of them being like all right like let's chill and not spend like since the get-go he's been like fuck it we'll just spend a billion dollars they've already kind of starting that's like the first sign of them cutting back yeah and i i know that like the spending is like somewhat of a temporary solution until like you know the organization is built up internally and like the farm system is humming at a level that allows it to spend at the top tier while also like not blowing past payroll restrictions. But the fact that you're potentially already seeing a pair down, uh, I think is a little bit, a little bit disconcerting. Um, well, that we've seen this pattern before with new owners, they come yep. in and spend a shit ton of money when they first start. And then after like four or five years, for whatever reason, there's, I'm sure they're like, you know, they realize can't do this forever or they don't want to do this forever. For sure. For sure. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, it was kind of the only thing that we didn't get to that was on my list. Curious if you have any reaction. Just like a little bit of a Clayton Kershaw appreciation moment because I do, I do think with the sport moving so fast as it does with games every day, this sort of greatness and continued persistent greatness can get lost in the shuffle. But another like outstanding start for Kershaw last night, not necessarily the most dominant. I think he only had two strikeouts in six innings, but at this point, I just don't care about that kind of stuff with him. Uh, 2.55 ERA uh, over 16 starts this year. He has a 2.40 ERA in 38 starts since this uh, beginning of last season. And he just wrapped up his June um, with a 1.09 ERA in five starts. I just like, I feel like we all braced ourselves as a baseball community for the downturn of Clayton Kershaw 
like a half decade or so ago. Um, and I know we've talked about, we've done all that stuff where it's like, oh, his ERA since the last time he even won a Cy Young is this. And I, I don't, we don't necessarily need to do all of that again, but like he's making a case as a viable Cy Young candidate again for the first time in kind of a, a decently long time. And I, I just call think this his swan song. I call Why this are you calling swan it a swan song? song? Right? No, I, 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 because I was like, oh, you know what? It's a, it's a one year deal. It's a like, yeah. oh, he's just gonna. But, oh, I remember. I see. Yeah, I remember you said that. Okay. Yeah, and it just he just continues to get better. And Jared is always as soon as I say that, Jared's always you know drawing the Tim Wakefield comparison. Like as long as he wants to pitch, he'll have a locker in the room. He'll have a jersey hanging in the locker. He'll be able to go take the ball every fifth day if he wants to. And it's just bananas to think that at this point in his career, this is where he's at still. This is what it looks like still. And to your point, not the the dominance of hitters by via the swing and miss that you're used to with the frequency that you were used to in prime Kershaw years, but still, still making pitches, still dominating lineups to the point in this day and age where he is giving you those six plus quality innings damn near every time he takes the ball. So like CC Sabathia is a guy that we've talked about off and on on this podcast. And I think we talked about him last time during the hall of fame, uh, conversation. This is by no means meant to throw shade on CC Sabathia in his thirties from age 30 on CC Sabathia posted a 3.98 ERA. And we were all like, damn man, you know, CC really adjusted really well to like that post peak era where he couldn't blow shit by everybody like he could at the beginning of his Cleveland days. Like, wow, that's so impressive. 3.98 ERA, like eating innings. Clayton Kershaw is a 2.79 ERA in his thirties. Like it's, <clears throat> it's just like, uh, not every pitcher who is a great pitcher or even a Cy Young pitcher, or even a guy who's on a hall of fame path in his twenties, not everyone ages this well. Like, King Felix was at one point just as nasty as Clayton Kershaw, basically, and had just as much hype as Clayton Kershaw and all that, and just as much on field success at one point. And like King Felix has been out of the game for seasons now, and Clayton Kershaw is still throwing up seasons where he's got two, an ERA of two and a half, like basically seasons where he's equaling his career average in his mid 30s. And I just like, like we don't take Otani for granted because he's completely unique you know, in a different, totally different way. Like I don't want to take Clayton Kershaw for granted because I just didn't think we'd be seeing this in 2023. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like he's weirdly became, become underrated somehow, which yeah, the makes best no picture sense. of his generation. Think, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's because he was so, so good. It makes it seem like he's declining while still having an ERA, like two and a half. Cause he had an ERA under three, his whole career basically. And under two for like, Several years led the and, league in ERA. Four. He was such a beast that now he doesn't seem like that much of a beast because he was such a beast. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and, but he we also beasted himself. And we also have to remember, like you're talking about how beast he was. Like that peak that he threw up from, you know, let's just ballpark it is 2011 to like 2016 or 17. That that is as good as peaks get in baseball history as far as pitching goes. Like. Yeah. You That's... can fr- you can put that up era adjusted against any six seven eight season run that baseball's ever seen. Pedro, Unit, 
fucking Walter Johnson if you want to adjust for error. Like, this is basic Sandy Koufax. This is as dominant as it gets, um, particularly on a quality perspective. And you're right. Like, he's going to put up an entire second career that may end up being Hall of Fame worthy in its own right. Like, Clayton Kershaw may end up with two Hall of Fame careers. <laughs> he's on the, off the beast meter. The pitching version of Barry Bonds. I mean, kind of. I think Barry's. Steroids. I think Barry's is a much cleaner. Ca- uh, clean is a terrible whoa, whoa, word for whoa, me. To cleaner use. than yeah. no, that was like, that, that was like the the wrong word choice. Like if I could have chosen any word, that was the last one I should have chosen. Um, yeah, the Dallas goes. I think he might be like Barry Bonds on steroids, and then Jay Hay goes. I, I think clean. he's on more steroids. Actually, no, Barry was cleaner than this guy. Case. Nobody's got. A I just met case. a statistically I, I clean case. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like there was a moment in time, maybe like a couple of years into the starting nine podcast where the, the, the tenor of the conversation was on the verge of tilting towards Verlander and Scherzer in who is the greatest pitcher of their generation. And I just feel like right as it was about to tip, it never quite got there. And it's since I think only gone back into Kershaw's favor, particularly with the age gap that he has and the fact that we could reasonably expect if he wants to, that he could pitch for another three, four seasons um, and add to his resume. I just think um, it looks like it. It's really awesome. And, and I, I do think there's added value in the fact that it's all been done with the same team and all been done with the same team that has been, a prime time level outfit for the vast majority of his career too. That's all I got. All right. Well, boys, I, I gotta, uh, I gotta roll. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, that was mine. Joe, I'll give you a quick one just cause I gotta do, I gotta do my quick final thought on on pace segment. We'll get it done quick. Ellie de la Cruz. And this is from a couple days ago. This is probably not what it is anymore, but Ellie de la Cruz guys, mother, this motherfucker, he's been up for what? Two weeks. He's on pace for 48 steals. Oh. He's been playing for fucking two weeks. And that's, that would be him playing 101 games. So right now he's on pace to play a hundred games and still steal. 48 bases. That's how fast that motherfucker is. Love that. Love that. He's been a freak. Definitely caught the baseball world by storm. They love him in Cincinnati as they should. The red leggings. Playing some dynamic baseball behind their young superstar. All right. We will be back. Man, Yana. Until then. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's extra help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.